0: You're listening to an Anna's Owl Ministries podcast.
1: What is up, everyone? We are back with another drive-in episode. It is your dynamic duo, TJ, my favorite host, and I am Elizabeth Clyde. We are going to be talking about a movie that literally had me sobbing today, like ugly club crying. I'm still not Okay. We might have a little therapy session in the middle of this, but that's okay. This movie needs to be talked about. Um, So this one is actually TJ's pick. So TJ, let's just jump right in. Tell us about the pick that you have chosen for our drive-in episode.
0: Mm. So originally, uh, when I first heard the idea, I was like, oh, awesome. Summer blockbuster. Uh, I'm going to talk about aliens. And then they were like, uh... No sequels, it can't be part of a franchise, so I kind of had to scramble around. And uh, I don't know, I was dead set on doing Aliens, I love Aliens, it's so good, but it is part of a franchise. So, most summer blockbusters are actually, but uh, I decided we that it was time to talk about Inside Out, Inside Out, Disney, Pixar. Uh, personally, I think it's one of their best. I, I just think Inside Out is really good. Uh, came out in 2015. Production took like six years.
1: Did not know that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They, they came up with it in like 2009.
1: So watching, um, watching Inside Out for the first time, what was your feelings? Like what was your re- Because the animation is beautiful. I love yeah, the gorgeous. whimsy of everything. So what was your first like reaction to the plot and the characters?
0: I was just kind of blown away. Because like it wasn't I can see inside out feeling like a a very important role for a lot of young people's mental health. And at the time, you know, at the time I was I think I was 17 or 18 when I finally watched it. I did not watch it when it came out, Uh, but I was blown away not only by how good I thought the movie was, but how good it looked, how good the message was, how well I thought it approached the topic, uh, the emotional beats, the plot points in the story. They're all so real. And I just thought like, wow, this is amazing. Like more movies should be like this. This is something that will help people.
1: Yeah. And I like the fact that because sometimes Disney, they do try and push a hidden agenda. I mean, what platform doesn't, right? Um, but I feel like this was so neutral to the fact that like what's in, what is inside, not only in Riley's mind, but what emotion that everyone can process. So it wasn't um, any, I, I guess this is like like one of, I wouldn't say the start of the big mental health movement, but we have been having that movement the past few years of everyone is very conscious of you are no good to anyone else unless you are good to yourself, which I truly believe in. And I think back at this movie and some of my like therapy moments, um, if you will, like just kind of going through and talking through a therapist, one of my favorite scenes for those who have may have been living under a rock or you just do not like emotions. And so you avoided this. I have avoided some Disney like films, like onward, I have daddy issues. So I'm not watching that with a 10 foot pole. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just not, I'm going to avoid it. So if you have been avoiding, I know, but I just, I have daddy issues and I just, I'm not ready yet. You know, I'm still having to work out some stuff, but it's it's about Riley and she is having a major life change. She is 11, you know, so she has her whole life figured out. She knows exactly like her emotions are in checked. No, not at all. I'm like, I'm way older and will never have my emotions in checked. But so she has to move. And so she has going from this great stable life to pure chaos where she has to do a new school. Her parents are stressed and what. The mom did, which kind of catapulted Riley into this um, this mood or like this feelings is the mom said, Riley, thank you so much for being our happy girl through all of this. Thank you that we can depend on you. And that put a lot of stress and weight on Riley. And from a parent's mindset, they're just saying like, great job, like you're fantastic. And but like that just kind of like made Riley have to do, like, a shield of being joyful. And so if you haven't seen this mo- uh, movie, Riley has the emotions trying to, like, take control in her, ma- her, like, brain. Like, what is it called? The, like, the computer system. What do they call it? Like uh, the, oh, I, I can't think of it. But pretty much master it's control not
0: command central, is it?
1: It's not. But pretty much they they get to take turns driving Riley's emotions. So it's joy, it's sadness, it's anger, it's disgust, and it's fear. And so with every scenario Riley faces, the emotions will take turns, you know, helping Riley navigate and processing her life. And joy is the main um the main emotion that kind of like bulldozes the other emotions she, Definitely has control issues. I don't relate to her whatsoever at all. And um, it's this constant battle between joy and sadness, polar opposites. And so joy is just like, sadness, here's your little box. You stay in here. We're going to be joyful the whole entire time. And then the when the mom said, Thank you so much for being the happy girl, the other emotions was like, Whoa, we're going to take a step back because that's what mom wants. And it kind of just like catapulted Riley into bottling up the other four like emotions. So how do you, you no? Know, I, I think I covered that pretty well in a nutshell. So how do you like kind of relate to your different emotions, battling it out whenever you go through a, a stressful situation?
0: Uh, so the way I've always handled stressful situations is with no thoughts, none That's at be all.
1: Nice. Wow.
0: Mm-hmm. That's
1: fantastic. shut off the
0: brain and, and just let my body do what it wants to do. So do this you- was eye-opening for me.
1: Okay, so eye opening. So now that you've watched it, do you find yourself thinking more of the different processing of emotions?
0: So, uh, not necessarily. I think it helped me understand better uh, how other people make decisions. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, how some other people make some decisions. Pretty subjective, but definitely like, oh, okay, I can see how, you know, everybody thinks a little differently. Mm-hmm. You know, some people can like, rotate an apple in their head. And some people like have the inner narration. Some people think in like pictures, it's, it's just a million different ways for people to think. And this helped me understand that a lot better, Mm -hmm. which was helpful, I think.
1: Right. And I feel it's so good to process the emotions. So my natural response is to be the happy girl because I grew up in a very stressful family with mom and dad always fighting and dad would leave, dad would come back, dad would leave, dad would come back. And then like my oldest sister was like perfect and so she had the perfect grades and so – but she would, you know, have discipline problems. So I always had to keep the joy on even if I didn't want to. So I was always – um And it kind of developed my personality. So I always had the jokes. I was always goofy um, because I just tried to lighten the mood with my family because it was just so stressful. And so I related so much to like Joy was like, nope, like something would go wrong. Joy was like, well, look at this. We have this and we can do this. And don't think about this because Joy and this and this is great, but don't. So completely relate whatsoever. But when I started therapy, we have learned that is not possible because when you keep on suppressing the other natural emotions like people literally will have mental breakdown because you keep on suppressing your own subconscious over and over again and so that's even a part of the movie too like the subconscious was almost like a prison which Mm -hmm. I felt like was very like symbolic and whatnot it's like we don't like it so we're going to lock it away and we're not going to think about it. And there was a clown in that prison. So if you kept well, that was a, made Riley afraid. So if you kept what you're afraid of in your subconscious and you never face them, you're never going to, you know, develop past them. And so one of the most sobbing moments with me um, in this movie, and I don't know if I've watched it since I've had this therapy session or not, because um, that was a couple years ago, but bing bong which is riley's imaginary friend he lost Mm. his wagon and so joy and sadness they get kind of like trapped into like away from headquarters and they're trying to get back they run into bing bong bing bong's trying to help them get back into headquarters but bing bong lost his wagon into like the the pit where everything pretty much gets forgotten and bing bong is sad like truly sad and joy was like, oh come on, let's go. We can do this. We can do this. Blah blah blah. And then sadness literally sat next to Bing Bong. It was like, I'm sorry you lost your wagon. You had a lot of good memories with Riley in that wagon. And then like Bing Bong was like, yeah, we were gonna do this and do that. He's like, one time we went back in time and we ate breakfast twice that day. And sadness literally allowed Bing Bong, which you know, I'm trying to like do this like serious moment while talking about Bing Bong. Bing Bong. Bing Bong. And but like he was able to face that sadness. And so in therapy, we talked about like, you have to allow yourself to process the emotion and then you can almost like categorize it. I'm sad. This is why I'm sad. This is a very real and valid emotion. And I'm going to allow myself to feel as sad as I want to. And then I can move on when I'm, you know, when I'm ready to. So it's different between having a pity party and processing the emotions. So there's a very fine line. You know, you don't mm-hmm. no one wants to deal with a depressed person, but just having to as someone who has had to deal with a lot of like three close people died to me in eighteen months. Like, you know, three of pillows in my life passed away eighteen months, like within that time frame. Like and having to like process through that, like it just it really hit hard because I can't just push down my sister's death. Like I have to process it over and over and over again because it comes in waves. So that was my favorite part of the movie. It's really, it's, it's, I feel like it's really advanced for its time. It doesn't get enough credit for the mental health. So I'm really happy you picked it.
0: Yeah. uh, That me too. Honestly, that the scene where Bing Bong and you know, like this is after we've developed with Bing Bong a little bit, like we've gotten to know him. We know he loves Riley, like, you know, He wouldn't exist if it wasn't for her. Mm -hmm. She's his whole world. And, you know, she's just kind of, you know, stop playing with him as much. And he's sad about that. And, like, he he talks about it. He's like, oh, I I miss her. But he realizes and he accepts that what Riley needs is not him. He needs – she needs her emotions. And he succumbs to being forgotten forever just to let –
1: I weeped. I sobbed yeah. and ugly cried. I sent a picture to my husband with like my face puffy and whatnot. And I was just allowing myself to cry because it's been a while since I had a good cry. But gosh, the sacrifice, man. Yeah. Like,
0: and it's, I really, I think it's one of the most poignant, sad moments in a, a Disney Pixar movie. Mm-hmm. I Truly one of the best. If you haven't seen Inside Out yet, um, it's been eight years. The sequel comes out next year.
1: Does it really?
0: Yeah, allegedly. But that is one of the very few mo- moments in any movie that makes me tear up every single time. It's it was hard to talk about that without crying.
1: Yeah. And I just think of the symbolism of almost letting go of the childhood and like the you see Riley's childlike innocence start to not really go away but it starts to develop. And mm-hmm. so Riley has what they call core memories. And so the core memories have all been joyful up until this time. And then finally, she had a sad core memory, which plunged her emotions, will really plunge joy into chaos. So if joy would have just accepted it, like there would have been no movie. But that's the great character development of even joy, because she realizes that we need sadness. Mm-hmm. Because if it wasn't for sadness, we wouldn't be able to experience life so much. And so Riley like goes to run away. And it's sadness that brought her back because like if we just bottle it up and we don't allow ourselves to be sad, but more importantly, if we don't allow ourselves to communicate to the people we're closest to our sadness, like then it's going to be hard to find joy on the other side because I'm I'm a firm believer. Like I feel like this phrase is so overused by churches, but it's so true. We are better together. (laughs) And so like it's been whenever my sister passed away, uh, it's actually coming up very soon, which is um we talked a little bit before the show. I was like, Yeah, I was in my fields today. I kinda just laid around the house and um but it's coming up and so which is probably why I got um even more emotional. But I need people doing my sad times, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I need people to process with, I need people to pray for me with, I need people to allow me to be angry when it's not justified and just to let it out. And so like doing it on your own, which Riley tries to do in some of this emotions, I mean, in some of this movie at the end when she literally like told her parents, I'm sad, I miss home, I miss my friends. And like, it was just a healing moment. And so often like we just need to I'm a firm believer in therapy. Like, if you can't talk to your friends, pay someone to talk to. <laughs> yeah. All yeah. right, come talk to me. I'll talk to you guys. But, like, you just need to talk it out with someone and, like, feel that acceptance and that love. So, mm-hmm. good job, TJ. You didn't know we were going to talk about therapy, did you? But...
0: Yeah, you know. This is, like, this is a the therapy one. movie.
1: It really is. And I love it. And I actually hate crying so much, but we talked about it in therapy, and it's okay. Yeah. It's it okay is. to cry.
0: And uh, I just, I don't know. The bing-bong scene always gets me. You know, I don't remember my imaginary friends.
1: I do. It was pound puppies. They followed me around.
0: See, I don't remember mine. They okay. had to sacrifice themselves.
1: <laughs> it's so sad.
0: But uh, it is, I think, the, the core message of Inside Out is really, really important, especially for like the target demographic. Uh, they were aiming at, like, you know, Girls, age 11 to 17.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, that's kind of on the nose. You know, a- anybody can get the message from this movie, which is uh, you have to feel all of your emotions. That's right. It's just the way it is. You, know, and you can't even, have happiness without sadness. There is no light without the dark.
1: Mm-hmm. And even like it had so much comic humor, too, like when they were sitting at the family table and, like, you got to see inside the mom's brain. And it's so cool because in Riley's brain, Joy was kind of like, you know, central commander. Mm. But in the mom's brain, it was Sadness who was central commander. And so it just shows how everyone has different personalities. And at the end of the movies, if you, like, watch the scene and stuff, it did, like, other characters as well. Mm. But the dad was my favorite. Literally, like, when you went into his head, they're all watching football. And it's – um,
0: It's five angers. Yeah.
1: It's five literally angers pretty much. And it was like – Sir, we are detecting serious hints of sass. He's like, activate the foot. The foot is down, sir. The foot is down. I'm like, why is this so relatable right now? Like, it's just, it's so fun and so timely. I'm trying to think of like what else I love. I just, I can't think of anything bad to say about this movie.
0: Mm-hmm. It's funny. It's well-written. It's smart. Conceptually, it's incredible. Uh, I might talk about that in a minute, but I don't know. Even Riley is like, Riley's not the main character. No, Riley's the setting.
1: That's a good way of putting it.
0: Which is awesome, but Riley is also a good character. And personally, I love hockey.
1: You do love. I don't hockey. think that's a
0: secret. And uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's integral to the plot, but it definitely is important.
1: Interesting. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I, mean, I count
0: this as a hockey movie.
1: But I mean, hockey is her core memory, though. Mm-hmm. So I would say hockey is. You know, very needed in this movie. The mm-hmm. Prairie Dog team must win. Yeah. So did you get like really like in the feels whenever she missed the winning goal?
0: Yeah, I mean, it happens. I can't. Yeah. I, if I could relate to it, I feel like it would have been it would have hit pretty hard. But I've not but been you, fortunate enough to, you know, be able to play hockey like that.
1: Because, um, you know, she's in
0: Minnesota. I'm in South Carolina.
1: True. True. Gosh, she is so dang hot here. Yeah so dang hot but it's fine um yeah I just love because who I mean maybe maybe not you but because I was about to say and who hasn't gotten jealous of like when your friend like your best friend starts to make other friends like that's a real emotion like I felt that like I literally when my best friend went to college and she got a roommate and she was talking about how great her roommate was and blah 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 I was like oh okay just replace me that's fine and I was 18. So, granted, I had the emotions of, uh, probably still do, an 11-year-old girl. Well, you know, uh,
0: sometimes we all feel a little bit like an 11-year-old girl. Even you? Oh, yeah. It happens.
1: It does. So, you mentioned something about conceptually. So, what were you going to say about that? Oh,
0: that's, that is the part. Like, taking uh, what was originally going to be the main character of the story, Riley, and turning them into the setting is genius.
1: Oh, uh, I gotcha. It yeah. kind of is like an Osmosis Jones type of feel.
0: Yeah, but in like a good way.
1: In a good way. Like, yeah.
0: I, I don't, Osmosis Jones is a funny movie, but uh, you know, let's be for real.
1: Yeah, no, I gotcha. And just yeah. the, the imagination of it, like, um, Bing Bond was like, there's Deja Vu, there's Imagination Station, there's Honesty Island, there's Deja Vu, there's the train, there's this, there's Deja Vu. And I'm like, it just, it's so clever. Yeah. It's so witty. I was yeah. like, I feel this so hard right now.
0: Yeah. So uh, originally there were going to be, uh, I think like 27 or at least they went through 27 emotions like for the for the cast before boiling it down to five because they were like, okay, well, like depression that's you know we can we can condense that into sadness and right you know happiness joy you know stuff like that
1: yeah because i was wondering um why envy wasn't there but they kind of like made disgust green so kind of like a little bit of yeah envy with disgust and then fear kind of had like a little bit of envy too like oh she doesn't like us anymore Mm -hmm. so i think they did really well the casting i mean if you guys are a fan of the office or parks and rec either like the like what's I only know her as like Leslie Nope. What's her real name? Amy Poehler. Yes, but she will always Jeez, be Leslie Nope so for me. She is Joy, which is hilarious. And then, um, what's Mindy the lady's Kaling. name? The one from the Office, the one who's always sad and smells like oh, that's wait. no, smells? not smells, but don't they always talk about like how she kind of smells a little bit? The the person the sadness is from the Office.
0: Yeah, that's Mindy Kaling. I, what? Hold on. I've seen The Office several I'm thinking,
1: times. I'm thinking of like whenever they like play, they, they've talked about her smell one time in The Office. I'm pretty sure. I'm not and I'm not willing to die on this. Afterwards, I will do my research and come back to you, TJ. I'm not willing to die on this. I've only seen The Office when my husband watches it and I'm like usually on my phone. Okay, so I'm just saying I am not an Office, like, fan. So I just don't,
0: I do not remember M- Mindy, K- you yeah, know, Mindy Kaling's a writer on The Office, so, like, it's a good chance she wrote that joke, if it is in there.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah, well, I just, I think it's really fun whenever they, like, use, like, I remember just with The Office, way off topic, like, whenever they were trying to get her to say, like, certain phrases, because they were just trying to do, like, a little bet,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: she was like, everyone's being so nice today. Oh, that's Phyllis. Oh, the, I thought Phyllis was, Phyllis isn't the voice of depression. Mm-mm. Mindy sadness? Kaling's
0: the voice of, of sadness. Yeah. Oh, she. Yeah.
1: yeah that's what, what I'm saying.
0: She, uh, disgust isn't she, is Mindy Kaling. the indie No, girl, I'm talking about
1: honest. sadness. Sadness is the Phyllis.
0: Okay. Yeah. No, I know what you're talking about now. I was so confused. Yeah, you're right.
1: Okay. I was like, ah. Okay. Got it. I didn't know Mindy was, um, what's it called? Disgust though. Yeah. See, that's, we, that's
0: Mindy Kaling.
1: We just t- Taught each other something. Look at that. Hmm. Yeah, I was like, I'm sure they've talked about Phyllis's smell in the office.
0: Yeah, they did. No, yeah, no, I do remember that.
1: Perfect. All right. As long as I'm not crazy, we can continue going on. But yeah, such a dynamic one. And my favorite is, I think, Anger. He's like, and the train keeps coming. Choo-choo. Like the bad new train. Yeah. So funny. He's like, let's say that curse word. We know it's a good one. I'm like, what little kid have we not like... When we learned our first curse word, and we're like, I can say it in my room, and mom and dad's not gonna know.
0: Yeah, and that's Bill Hader. Like, if you're a big Saturday Night Live fan, there's no reason for you not to watch this.
1: So, and then, okay, so since we've talked about all the who plays who, do you know what fear is off the top of your head?
0: Uh, I don't. I can no, find it though.
1: Okay, perfect. But then um, when they upgraded the system, because Riley, near the end of the movie, Riley is now you know, more complex and more dealing with her emotions. Now they need a bigger control, like setting or system or whatever. I forgot what they call it. And um, anger was like, look at all these cuss words, buttons. It just, it made me laugh.
0: Oh, it's Lewis Black.
1: Lewis Black. Mm-hmm. I like the name Lewis. Lewis is a good name. Yeah. But and he's, a, then, he's a big comedian. Is he? Uh, hmm. He was funny. I liked fear a lot too. Okay. Gosh, what I was about to say. <gasps> But then, um, oh, yeah, and then discussed at the end. She's like, what's puberty? Like a big old button. And Joey's like, ah, it's probably not important.
0: Yeah. That's, that's going to be the sequel.
1: You think? I mean, yeah, it kind of has to be. be. Like, and I mean, the movie kind of just ends there, which is so funny. Like, it's just so well done.
0: It is extremely like, well done. It's concise. It's crafty. It's what a movie should be. Mm-hmm. And I do, I think it actually negatively contributed to like the whole hiring celebrities thing. Because at the time, uh, all of these people, all of the cast were celebrities. Like they were already famous actors. Mm -hmm. You know, and this is like specifically to voice acting. Um, But the difference is, which I think most people failed to realize after the fact, is that they were all also comedians and talented people, which is what. You know, kind of gets forgotten about for doing all of these, you know, animated adaptations of things like the Mario so, movie.
1: Oh, you think they're just I still haven't seen that. I'm going to one day. Yeah. But um, so you think they're just kind of getting the A-list celebrity just for the ratings and not the talent? Oh, they, they are for
0: sure. The only like A-list actor who should be a voice actor. And like there's a, there. I mean, there are a few that can voice act very well. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. But uh, Jack Black. That man, Jack Black, can do anything. He's a fantastic voice actor, actually.
1: I mean, he's the panda, so... He's
0: the panda. He's the big fat panda.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love him so much.
0: Yeah, he's also Bowser in the Mario movie. You I heard that. that. Yeah. I
1: remember hearing that. I was really excited. For some reason, when I first heard about the Mario movie, I thought it was going to be a live action one. But it Nah, wasn't. that's old. Is it? They made that in the 80s mm-hmm. or 90s. See, I just got to... I'm afraid... I'm just hoping I don't have to do a what's new episode anytime soon because I do not know what is new at the moment. Yeah. As my PTA. All right, back to our P PTA? Yeah, public PSA. PTA is from the school.
0: I never <laughs> know I, I don't know what PTA stands for.
1: PTA is Parent Teacher Association.
0: Oh, I did know that. Okay.
1: PSA Public Service Announcement. But back on track. Any final words do you want to say about this? 10 out of 10 movie. I think you outpicked me on the movie because I was a chump and just Googled summer blockbusters and picked Inception, which I still love.
0: Inception is a fantastic movie.
1: So if you haven't um, listened to mine and TJ's uh, drive-in about Inception, you should because it's fantastic because it's TJ. But um, any lasting thoughts on Inside Out?
0: On Inside Out specifically, I'll get to that Um, ahead of the matter. Uh, I think it's unfair that we the youngest two as a pair um were forced into this challenge with the no sequel summer blockbusters. Um we aren't we're barely old enough to remember summer blockbusters yes. that aren't sequels. But uh for inside out specifically, I don't my, so my favorite Pixar movie is Ratatouille. Agreed. That's for you know, Ratatouille is almost a perfect movie as well. Agreed. But I do not think there is a Pixar movie that is more well put together than Inside Out.
1: But also, so one thing I would say Inside Out has over than Ratatouille is the music. Like whenever they go, dun, dun, no. dan na, na na na. No, you don't no. think so. No, you, you, you like mm-hmm. the French. You like the um, Paris. Michael
0: music? Uh, Michael Giacchino is an amazing uh, artist. First okay. of all, the Ratatouille See? soundtrack is incredible. No, it is good. I listen to it all of the time.
1: Do you? It, is, it
0: made my Spotify rap uh, for the past three years, Interesting.
1: actually. Good to know. Good to know. I'll have to pay more attention. But literally when I put that movie on um, and it went, dun, 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 like, I just like something within me just like felt comforted and calm. And I was like, this is going to be okay. Like it just, it moves me. So that's why you get so passionate about anything is if it can literally move your heart, like, oh my goodness, it's yeah. so hard to do like coming from a TV screen to actually like f- emotionally move someone is fantastic. And yeah, that's why we about it. I will say inside though,
0: out. Uh, inside out probably does have like the second best Pixar soundtrack. And that's because Michael Giacono also did inside out.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I did not know that.
0: Yeah. He's just trying to evoke very different feelings for inside out than it was for Ratatouille. So, and it's noticeable because he's incredible.
1: All right. Good to know. Good to know. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's time to wrap up. And last time you didn't, it was hard to get down with your favorite snack because you're not really a snacky person. So today's question is, what is your favorite icy flavor?
0: Coke. Mm. Mm. Coke icy is amazing. If Coke tasted like Coke ices, I would drink Coke.
1: Oh, so you're a Pepsi over Coke. Now I learned oh, something uh, Dr. New. Pepper over both. Gotcha. Yeah. So mine is... Um, if you, TJ, we just do so many episodes together because I guess we're just fantastic. So if you ever watched mine and TJ's uh, drinks of um, TJ's episode, my favorite flavor is blue. Mm-hmm. So blue Powerade. I think um, the slushy flavor is blue raspberry, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So in my, it's like I just go blue.
0: Yeah. You'll so, never miss with a blue. Blue is good. So good. Uh, I think. But if if you've got like a kind concessions employee. Uh, they will mix the Coke and the red for you. And that will be the best thing.
1: Be a cher- See, I don't like cherry. I actually detest the cherry slushy. Really? Yes. And I want to like cherry. So I know when well, cherry tastes good. it's not that good by good. itself. Yeah. I know when like cherry flavor anything, but I can, I can make a cherry um, pie. I can make a black forest cake because I know how to make cherry taste good and what it tastes good. But me personally, I don't like cherry and I want to. It's just not mm. happening with my taste buds.
0: That is a shame.
1: It is, isn't it? I'm missing you know,
0: out. You know, my the most interesting thing I've ever used a cherry for is so, uh, I used it to garnish a key lime pie once because I was I mean, bored.
1: The, I'm sure the color was beautiful against the soft lime color.
0: And it was really good.
1: Yeah. I mean, I do. I can eat fresh cherries. Like if you're going to put a cherry on my milkshake, I'm going to eat it. But it's not going to be like, ooh, cherries. Let me get yeah. that.
0: I do think cherries the worst icy flavor though.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, we're in agreement. Yeah. So, okay. If you're,
0: if you're gonna get into, well, the thing is, the reason Coke is the best is, uh, I I'm a big fan of a big cup, so I always get a large.
1: But you can get a large blue raspberry.
0: Yeah, but do you drink it fast enough? Do you drink it a large while it's still an icy?
1: I think so, because I have to do like the little. I take the straw and I do like the little pokey thing, so I can eat like the ice chunks left over.
0: Mm, mm. so you might but i don't i don't drink that fast i just drink a lot constantly Uh, i have noticed
1: when we hung out this weekend
0: yeah so you know when my coke icy melts it's delicious and it doesn't just taste like blue or red syrup
1: Mm, okay i can see that because no one likes the syrup of a snow cone okay all right good to know good to Mm -hmm, know mm -hmm. okay so I know this wasn't, I don't think we did this for Inception, but I just got to know, rate this movie on a scale of one to 10.
0: Oh, you did rate Inception. I did not. Did
1: we? Oh, okay. Yeah. I forgot. It's fine. Yeah. Rate rate now then, please.
0: Okay. Yeah. Inception was easily like a a nine out of 10. Uh, Inside Out, I don't want to get too pedantic, but I think Ratatouille is better. I don't think Ratatouille is perfect. So I can't give Inside Out like I would give Inside Out like a nine point seven.
1: See, I was, I was thinking nine point eight. That. No, I was gonna say nine point eight. So I feel like your nine point seven is is factual yeah. because I it's been a little bit since I've seen Ratatouille since I've been out for the summer. I always watch it with my like students like once a semester, but so I would have to like watch Ratatouille fresh to be able to compare them like side to side. But I think I just love Ratatouille because he's a little chef, and I'm a chef, and Paris is great. So he is little chef. Yes, I almost bought a hat in Epcot with him, like in the chef hat, and yeah. had like a little door, but it was just like fifty bucks. And yeah. well, it was. I had. I was with the coworkers, so I would have been able to get their discount, but I didn't want to carry it around the whole park. Yeah, but
0: you could have worn it.
1: I could have, but I wouldn't have been able to go on a lot of the rides.
0: You Just hold it.
1: No, they can't hold it on the rise, but it's, I mean, maybe next time I go because we hung out with her at the beginning of the day. So it's not like we hung out at the end and I could get it at the end and I was only going to get it with her discount, but um, we can talk more. Okay. One more thing.
0: Yeah. yeah. Michael Giacomo is a genius, uh, not only musically, but also when it comes to naming his songs, I did not take a look at the Inside Out soundtrack before this. I feel like I should have. I didn't realize Michael Giacomo did both. Uh, But the name of the track uh, always correlates to the scene that it's attached to in uh, such a way as to evoke a new feeling about it. Uh, I am thinking specifically about the end credits theme for Ratatouille, which is a suite of the rest of the soundtrack and is called end credit Oh, cutie. Yeah. Yeah. Very cute. That's all I had to say.
1: Well, I feel like now fans, if you want to hear TJ and I talk about Ratatouille, let us know. And I will personally make that happen for you guys. Make sure you also rate and review the show on Podchaser, Spotify or Apple podcast. TJ and I are awesome and we're happy that you listen to us. All right. Y'all have a great one.